So before we start today's episode, I want to share some clips with you guys. So we went around Jean Augustine Secondary School asking the kids there, what do they think about child labor? Roll the clips. What things do you think children make for child labor? Not much at all. Not much? Barely any. So do you think child labor is a problem in this country? In our world, actually? Yes. It's a problem. What do you, what do you think they're forced to do there? I'm not sure. I don't know much about the subject. What are your thoughts on child labor? Okay, so I think child labor is wrong, and I don't support it. What do you think about child labor? It's important to some countries that need it to provide for their families. So you think child labor is a good part in a child's life? Not in their child's life, but for people who are starving if they don't have So that are you, So you support child labor? And sometimes, yes. Do you think you're wearing clothes made by a child right now? Probably. Now that you guys have heard the clips, let's start the real intro, shall we? Welcome back to another episode of the Late Late Night Podcast with Ishmi Nagi. As always, I'm your host, Ishmi Nagi, and today we have some very, very special guests with us in the studio today. Please introduce yourself, guys. Hey, I'm Nalang, and I'm a manager of building schools in third world countries for Weed Day. Hi, I'm Charmy. I'm a volunteer at Weed. Hi, I'm Ramon, and I'm also a volunteer at Weed. Now, if you guys are confused why the Weed people here... Uh, we people? Huh. Okay. <laughs> so, if you're wondering why the we people here, we're going to be talking about child labor today and how, like, how the We Foundation, formerly known as Free the Children Foundation, has really done great things for it. And our country, Canada, has done great things for this foundation to help children facing child labor. Now, I'm sure you guys are familiar with the recordings we played a second ago about the interviews we did with the students at Jean Augustine High School. What are your thoughts on this topic and what inspired you to do all this great work for the V Foundation and the Free the Children Foundation as it's like now known as the V Foundation? Well, after listening to all the responses, it seemed that most of them were quite similar. In fact, most of them were quite clueless about the impacts of child mm. labor on children despite being children themselves. Um, I was also inspired to be a volunteer at the We Moment um, because when I was in elementary school, I had read an article about the Mark and Craig Kilberger, um, and this was about the activist um, Iqbal Mashi, who was inspired the Kilbergers, which inspired me to be a volunteer at the We Moment. Oh, so like you were inspired by like a higher figure mm-hmm. to really get into the Yeah, story. yeah, oh. exactly. Yeah, I didn't know the charity that I worked for inspired so many people like you. I was also inspired by them. Oh, it's like we have two big inspirations, I think. Were you also inspired by the same person? Yeah. Same person. Oh, amazing. So I was inspired by because I love traveling. So I wanted to like travel the world. But I also wanted to do it for a good cause. So that's why I wanted to work with WE. So I can like travel to different countries to help the WE Foundation and travel. Well, that's a win-win for you, I see. Yeah. Traveling the world, helping <laughs> the world. Best of yeah. both worlds. Now, before we really jump into this conversation with we people, I'm so sorry for this pun. Like, I, I'm a loose viewers for this. But before we really jump in, if you guys search on Google what child labor is, this is a quick, quick definition that would come up. It's the first thing that would pop up. So the definition is work that deprives children of their childhood, their potential, and their dignity, and that is harmful to physical and mental development of the children. So if you do a quick Google search, this is what comes up. Now, what Google won't tell you, and what I was talking to you guys backstage, the we people, are the causes of child labor. Now, child labor is caused because of poverty, so if the children are living under the minimum wage line, they have to work to really get that household income coming in. Then barriers to education, so if the um, person can't get an education, 
what would they do in that time so they start working and cultural practices so like did you guys believe that in some cultures like the viewers some cultures this is actually like a thing they do this because it's part of the religion it's what? very very intense what wait i didn't know this what? that that's really that's a really astonishing when i read this for the first time like it was really really like i was reading an article and it was this was there and i'm just like wow it's part of the culture and then market demand so the thing is say when like um say there's like a really big hoodie that's come out of the market right what would happen is that since the demand has gone so up for the hoodie to make it they're gonna get like um smaller children to work because they uh they have to give them a less pay so with other like adults they have to pay them more because like minimum wage but with kids you don't have to pay them you can maybe just pay them like maybe less than half of the minimum wage and they'll still do the work and the biggest thing and like the biggest one that this could happen is inadequate poor enforcement of legislation and policies to demand children like damn that's a mouthful it's like the countries that the police can't there protect this from happening if child labor can really occur now what were you guys talking about before so when a child goes into child labor they're deprived from their education the fun that they're supposed to have from their childhood to work in conditions brutal conditions where they deal with dangerous machinery mines chemicals pesticides so like um are you technically saying that a child could lose their life yeah, in their yeah. job they can, and they have they have wow um as well as the international labor organization which um pretty much states that approximately 168 million children from the age of um 5 to 17 around the world are still engaged in child labor to this day in 2019 2019 and uh-huh. we're still facing child yeah. labor and the thing is child labor started back as early as 1800 in the united states and due to the lack of payment everybody received many kids to survive they had to work and as you were talking about the payment they got most of the kids received under 10 cents per day, not even per hour. Per not day. even 10 wow. cents. Yeah, what? less than 10 cents. That is astonishing. When my parents used to give me like pocket money, my pocket money was more than that. Yeah. And I don't have to do anything to earn it. That is amazing. So child labor has been going on for more than 200 years. And That's we're in right. 2019. And in 1900, there were more than 2 million kids that were doing child labor. And that was just official. Oh my god. That is an astonishing figure. Now, I believe you were asking me something before, but I'm sorry I cut you off. Yeah, no, that's fine. But uh, what do you mean by cultural practices? So by cultural practices, that means like in some cultures, it believed that if the kid goes and works, like say like a young um, six-year-old boy, mm-hmm. if he goes in a factory and like works yeah. his butt off, then that's almost like him in his process of becoming a man quote-unquote oh a man it's like that's how what? the person becomes a man that's how he gets like into that manhood that he has to work at an age of six and here at age of six i used to sit home watch tv and just chew on my macaroni and cheese <laughs> yeah that was us like that right? was grade one. yeah oh and, God. I, and i can just go into manhood just like that so they hit 18 boom i'm a man yeah but for them they have to earn their privilege yeah. so if you do not work at six-year-olds you're technically not considered a manly man so does it work both ways for male and female? Male and female, both ways. So you're telling me the female have to work at the same age as the male do? Well, technically, that depends on each culture. But according to the article I was reading, it says that females sometimes don't have to work because, yeah. you know, they're because you know females are considered more housewives. So for them, yeah, it really yeah. doesn't have to work. Mm-hmm. But still, the men, six-year-olds, going to a factory and as 
um, you said before that they have to work in um, hazardous conditions. Yeah. Going at six years, working with pesticides, chemicals, machineries that could possibly kill you. So and, would they, sorry, so would they work about like 12 hours a day or how long would it be? It could be 12 hours, 12 hours a day, seven days a week. Oh God. It's usually more than that though, because yeah. it is child labor. But yeah. that is just like an average figure that uh-huh. was mentioned in this article I was reading a while back. And oh, most God. of the children aren't even like, they don't even know how to use the machinery. They nope. just trial and error, it's and just, if the error and if there's an error, they can potentially die. I found out that uh, the workplaces were really tight, so instead of using adults, they use kids because they were easy to fit through some oh, yeah, caves and yeah. holes. I heard about that. Mm-hmm. Okay, now that we have, now the viewers have a good idea of what like child labor is, what's the con- causes and consequences of it. Now, since you guys are from the Free the Children, uh, I mean, we foundation, sorry, Free the Children was what it was used to be called. But how does this start? Like, how did the idea of making an organization just dedicated to helping these ch- kids in child labor get out of their situation? Where does this come from? Okay, so this is a pretty fascinating story. So, it, Free the Children pretty much started in 1995 and it was originally called free the children however now it is um called the we foundation so pretty much a 12 year old boy living um on the other side of the world uh in canada his name was craig was curious about um a short story that he approached uh about iqbal mushi which is an activist which i mean he was an activist and pretty much uh he was sold to a pakistani carpet um factory at the age of four Four. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. Yeah. And it was all because his parents took out a large loan to pay off for his eldest son's wedding. Okay, what? okay, okay. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. So you're telling me they sold their four-year-old, so practically a person that has just learned to walk, mm-hmm. to a carpet company to pay for the older brother's wedding. wedding. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is insane, folks. I know, right? Do you think that the wedding was more important than the kid? No, no, definitely not. And I mean, I can't imagine what he went through. But uh, for even for about six years, he was forced to work for 12 hours for six days a week. 12 hours per day. So he just got one day off. Yeah, that's it. Oh, my God. yeah, so he had to, so some of his responsibilities included things like tying the tiny knots that make up the extremely expensive Pakistani carpets. Um, so pretty much the owner of these factories would add um, additional fines to their parents' loan. So, um, so from each and every mistake that he would make. So pretty much he would never be able to kind of get out of the owner's hand. And so they basically own. So what I'm getting here, they were setting up almost like a trap. Yeah. So like yeah. once he's in... There is no way because the parents can't pay that loan because every time that four-year-old, folks, I'm going to remind you again, four-year-old messes up, money is added to the fine. Yep, exactly. Although, um, when he was 10, a um, human rights organization did help him to escape and they sent him to school. Although, so what he did was, as as he was an activist, he traveled to numerous countries around the world speaking about child labor and raising awareness to all those around him. Okay. But when he was 12, he was murdered. And this is... He was murdered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is kind of where Craig Kilberg read about this. And this is kind of what struck his passion. And he just wanted to make a change in... uh, To make a difference in the lives of um, child slaves. So who was he murdered by? Uh, Well, his uh, mom mom thinks that it was... um, 
the owners of this factory. I mean, it probably is. No one has identified who it was, but everyone assumes it's it's them. Why would they do it? Uh, probably revenge because he was talking about it. And I mean, they don't want everyone to know, right? So. Oh my God, man. He So he went back to visit his uncle and mm-hmm. he got murdered yeah. by the company where he used to work. Probably, yeah. So he only about- holding a grudge. Mm-hmm. So he basically only lived for four years because then he was just working all his life. Then he was murdered at 12. Uh So pretty much Craig Kilberger in Canada, um, he started this uh, foundation in his seventh grade class where he and his classmates um, wanted to make an impact. And this is where the We Charity was pretty much born. Wow. Seventh grade. Yep. So he was practically (laughs) making a middle school project. Mm -hmm. Yep. And the We Foundation, well, yeah. formerly known as Free the Children yeah. Foundation, was born. That is amazing. My hat's off to that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and then he did make an impact. And even to this day, I mean, now, uh, after 20 years, it is from Free the Children. Now it is. Now it has been created. And now it's been called the We Charity. So, yeah, now it's something that helps to develop a sustainable development to help people to transfer their lives and their communities, as well as just the world. Amazing. So I have a question for you guys. So do you think there's too much effort b- being put in for third world countries and not enough for first world countries? So like, are you talking like too much manpower being put into third world? Yes. Um, I would say yes, there is too much manpower being put into third world countries and not enough in first world. I would say maybe um, put like 50%, 50% of the power in like first world countries because there is child labor happening here. See, you're not wrong, but I don't agree with you by saying 50-50 because here's why. Because as we're in a first world country, we have much more benefits than the kids over there do. So like since most of the kids, they don't have a choice but to work. They have to be like dragged into this. Over here, we could still step back because in a first world country, you get much more options and benefits. Over there, they don't. I mean, like I understand that. But look, if we do have a lot of more benefits, but would child labor still be a problem if those benefits worked? Because look, child labor is still a problem. So there's obviously a problem with the benefits not working here. So I, I would say I think focus needs to be shifted until our first world countries can be up to that point of being called first world because child labor, that's not a first world country thinking. That's way behind. So I would say we put some power here, get our thinking to first world countries, and then I think we could really be up there. Yeah, I do agree that we should put some power, but not like 50% of the power because yeah. we, A, don't have, don't, many, don't have as many volunteers, and B, if we do 50% of that, like, we're already at a certain level where the third world countries aren't. So I feel like we should put all our manpower in there and put them, bring them yes, to yes, first world country yes, yes. level. But there's so, like, I, your, your foundation, it's huge. The WE Foundation, is you guys have the WE event every year. It's such a big foundation. There's so many people connected. And there's other foundations helping. UNICEF. So I would say you guys could shift a little focus to first world. That's all I'm saying. I agree. But, no, but think about it this way, because we have way more privilege here. I mean, we go to school and do everything that a lot of these children don't do who are forced to, you know, do child labor because, you know, they're in poverty and they can't go to school. They don't have education or these rights. But like you talked about, um, these culture practices, they have no choice just because, you know, their parents are pretty much forcing them. Here, I'm assuming it's probably not happening as much as it is in these third world countries but it probably is but i just don't think 50 50 is the right way to go yeah and also because um in most of the countries in third world countries you're allowed to have child labor you don't even have to be forced like it's a legal choice i understand that but like 
50%? Okay. You know what? You guys have changed my mind. Not yours. Not mine. We compromise. Not 50-50. 70-30? Sure. Yeah, I agree. 70-30? Like, yeah, it's, much, say, it's much more debatable. I that's agree. much more debatable. Yeah. I would say 70-30 is, I think, a good compromise. I think we can all agree there. compromise. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. Thank you. So I just want to tell our viewers that the Wave Foundation has been doing a lot other than just child labor. So there are five pillars. Yeah. One of them is mm-hmm. education, water, health, opportunity, and food. And so food. we focused on a lot on education, but the water. So there were two wells being built just in 2014, the year uh, in India that provided clean water to more than 800 families. 800 families. 800 families. And then Damn. for health, wow. in Kenya, more than 100,000 people have used the hospitals built there. Wow. 100,000 people, guys. That's a and big more than number. 4,000 children under the under the age of five have been immunized so that a lot of children aren't dying from infant mortality. That is a big wow. number. That's wow. a big figure. Um, I've also heard that, yeah, like she said, the five pillars make an extremely large impact and so the um you know the free the children or the we uh, movement also has built many schools that help deliver um things you know food and clean water to help ensure that you know girls are able to um go to school without walking long distances um Mm -hmm. to fetch dirty water and also um we have medical clinics that um help with um like you know income because a lot of these families can't afford some uh, me- medical clinic so they just make sure that it's nice and um you know affordable oh okay so like they're just making sure it's all yeah, yeah every yeah. family yeah, can come so it's and not, easily do it. yeah okay. so it's not extremely and, expensive yeah, they're not expensive and it's clean like the facilities are pretty clean yeah. and like for opportunity like more than thirty thousand women you guys have probably heard about the rafiki break oh yeah yeah, yeah. 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 lily singh yeah, yeah right yeah, that, was, that was really big so thirty thousand women have the opportunity to make them by hand and make money to feed their own family. So wow. That's like 30,000 women. 30,000. That's, that's a lot. That's a big, big figure. And then in 2017, three community farms, just three community farms in Kenya produced over 600,000 kilograms of food. And did you know that Americans just waste 150,000 tons of food each day? Wow. That's a pound per person. Oh, my God. Wow, that's... That's, that's, crazy. that's a lot of food that's a lot. going down the drain. When a lot of these, you know, food can go to these, you know, countries without who ha- don't have enough um, food or don't have enough money to yeah. feed their families. Well, viewers, that's well, that's I guess the message of the yeah. day, as I always do. So, don't so, waste your food. food. Yeah, so over exactly. six thousand kilograms of food. Just three communities building that. Wow. So if we have more farms. Can you imagine how much food we can we can make? That's that's actually like I can I'm trying to imagine that in my head, but the number is just so big, like wow. Well, since you guys are here, and I don't get this chance that often, like having someone from like the We Foundation here. Yeah. Well, do you guys know what Canada is doing to help with this foundation? Because like I'm a Canadian, I just want to know like a little credit here about like what are we doing? Well, in Canada. There's more than 300,000 people in the age of 5 and 17 who are engaged in child labor. And before that, so 10 years ago, that number was up to 2 million. Wow. So what Canada has done is that we provided volunteers from this foundation to go to different workplaces to find out what's happening. And then we've slowly started reducing the amount of people in child labor and putting them into actual jobs with minimum wages. Okay, but how are they? Who's funding this, though? 
So that's the government. So mm. that's the Canadian government. So they're the ones putting the money on this. Yeah, and also the foundation. So we do a lot of charity. Yep. And also we've done a lot of food drives. So as we go around, we collect money from other people that gave it to us for our charity. And that, and most of the part goes towards this. And then some of that goes towards child labor as well in other countries. So And like other, other companies just help with foundation. So Canada is a big, big player in this. They not only fund... But they're sending volunteers, as you guys say. It's like yeah. we have we supply yeah. much of the manpower that actually goes yeah. and helps these societies. I believe Canada's the biggest funder out of globally. Probably well, is pro- most likely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Free the Children did start in Canada, yeah. so probably so is. probably is the biggest funder. Maybe now things. I'm not gonna say like it's not the biggest funder in America because um, I mean uh, the United States could be, um, you know. The top, um, you know, it could be the second or the first one. And then again, there's like the UN. There's like a bunch of major. Yeah, ones, yeah. But I'm pretty sure Canada too. is easily up there. Like, yeah, maybe, if the it's top ones at least. Top ones, yeah. because like, they are the ones that created this. Yeah, foundation. so like, yeah. if they're not number one, they're maybe, number two, probably. number two, number three. Yeah. yeah, but they're really high up. Yeah, in the top yeah. some. Yeah. That's top what Can- yeah. Canadians are known for. And like, I'm being guessing inclusive for, and yeah. helpful and thoughtful. Yeah, the Canadian identity. Yeah. And I'm guessing for volunteers, we're also really big like yeah because our identity is that we are there ready to help whenever the world needs it we're there and then if we send the volunteers we're just further showing what we are yeah. we are canadians at heart and we are helpers at heart which is all the canadian identity so i feel proud to know that we canadians yeah. really yeah. really play a major role in this you know it just really brings that pride level pride level like it's, it's up there man it's up there well guys this was awesome. I thank you guys so much for coming. I know viewers, they might not be able to see it, but let's give them a huge round of applause for coming through and coming through my um, not that successful radio show, <laughs> but just coming through and really like talking about this. And I oh, thank you for having us here as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah it thank was, you. It, it was, was fun. It was fun. It was, yeah. it was really fun knowing, especially like the ending where we found out the Canadian, like, oh my God, the yeah. viewers, the Canadian, the Canadian viewers have. You guys can take away from this week, Canadians. We are proving our national identity. We're through. We're showing the world over and over again that we are Canadians and we are there to help. Yeah. So I would like to um good luck to I would say good luck to you guys for this journey. And uh, you would you like to add something? Yeah, I was just gonna say it was a really great opportunity to come here. Um, and you know just share our experience as we are you know part of the we organization. And well, me and Armand are volunteers. We kind of. We just started volunteering, but it was just a really great opportunity yeah. to come here and talk about um, what we learned so far. So if any viewers are kind of interested in volunteering at the WE Foundation, we're always ready to uh, welcome volunteers. volunteers. Actually, you know what? I, I know a few people. Oh, I really? I know where. <laughs> I know cool. a few people. Sh- we always Watch out, Brian. You're going to Africa. <laughs> and once again, thank you for having us here. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. Well, guys, that was the episode for today. Tune in tomorrow. Same time, same place. Same radio station where we're going to be, we are going to be interviewing Oprah Winfrey in Punjabi. So please (laughs) come to this interview and it's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you for tuning in and thank you guys for being here once again.